Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the number one daily sports news podcast in the country, The Scorecard. I'm Brett Thomas, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Friday, July 14. Today, have selectors got more options or more confusion ahead of the fourth Ashes test? Pain in the hearse. Why does a Broncos star really want to test his value? MCG state of mind. Should the Lions be so dismissive of their poor record at the home of footy? And sky's the limit. The Matildas flying high ahead of the World Cup. Let's hop in. The edged by Maxwell, and this will be four as well. Down towards the lime tree. That is his half century from just 47 balls. A day after Glenn Maxwell smacked 81 off 67 on debut for Warwickshire in the county championship, and bowling all-rounder Michael Nisa put his own name up in lights. Hold my beer. A career-best 176 not out for Glenn Morgan. That is his 15th boundary. Hit through wide mid-wicket. Michael Nisa reaches his first home century for Glamorgan and back-to-back centuries in the county championship. A test recall with two Ashes tests to go is probably a pipe dream for Maxwell, but for Nisa, maybe not so much, given he was a member of the Ashes squad before being released during the third test. The question for selectors ahead of the fourth test in Manchester is, how many all-rounders is too many? Mitchell Marsh is hard to drop after his century at Headingley. Cameron Green is due back from a hammy niggle, not to mention Josh Hazelwood was rested. So, how to juggle the 11? The only way for Marsh and Green to play is either drop David Warner... And that would ruin my career. ...and promote Travis Head to open, or not play a spinner and leave out Todd Murphy. But after Andrew McDonald's comments the other day, that seems unlikely. So, my tip is... Warner gone for Green, Scott Boland makes way for Hazelwood. Then for the fifth test at the Oval, Hazelwood has rested again as he tends not to play back-to-back and Nisa comes in for added batting and bowling depth. All, of course, will be revealed before the toss in Manchester next Wednesday. Payne Haas is one of the best, if not the best, props in the NRL. As the Broncos' best player for a number of years, he's handsomely paid for a forward who does all the grunt work somewhere north of 800000 a year. Now, in the NRL, that's big money for a forward. The backs, like fullbacks and halfbacks, command the million-dollar deals. After all, they score the majority of the points. You don't score until you score. Haas has been threatening for years to leave. Last year, his mid-season request for an immediate contract release was denied, and this season, it's claimed Rugby Australia want to make him a wallaby. His management has now revealed he will officially test his value on the open market come November 1. Broncos insider Ben Dobbin told Triple M, Brisbane wants to keep him, but there is a limit. If we lose him at 1.4, but you can go and get two really good props at 700 or 600 each, they're philosophical about they don't want to lose him, they think they're going to keep him, but if they lose, they're not going to go over that. Payne's motivation for leaving has also been questioned. He's declared he wants to win a premiership in the past, while Broncos legend Gordon Tellis told Fox Sports Brisbane is finally in a position to do just that. The excuse is gone now because he's had a powerful club with a chance to win the Premiership. Regardless, the 23-year-old two-time prop of the year is set for a tidy pay rise. 15 clubs have expressed interest, plus the cashed-up Eddie Jones and his Wallabies. In the last 11 times Brisbane has played at the MCG since Chris Fagan took over as coach, the Lions have walked away winners just once. Now, admittedly, that was a massive win. Last year's sudden-death semi against the Demons. 
Tonight, they face the same opposition and a chance to banish their MCG hoodoo for good. There is just one problem. According to Fagan, it doesn't exist. No, it's a little bit wider and it's a little bit longer. We just haven't played well. Um, you know, we, we don't play against the MCG. We play against Melbourne or we play against Richmond or we play against Hawthorne. So we just got to play well against those teams. Ten losses and one win since 2017. Now, surely you take that more seriously. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Yes, as Fagan pointed out, all grounds are different dimensions, but this one is kind of important to play well on. It is, after all, the host of the grand final every year. Fagan also laughed off Jason Ackermanis' revelation that the ball bounces differently than it does at the Gabba because the grass is different. Well, that's actually true. The grass at every ground is different. The surface at every ground is different, not just the MCG. So it's sort of like, yeah, tell me something that we don't know. Sure, Acker can say some wacky things, but this is a guy who made his living running and bouncing and thriving on the biggest stage of all. And his other warning that the wings are wider at the G so you can get lost should also be taken note of. But hey, if the Lions win tonight, then the critics will be silenced, at least until the finals. Franklin almost marked it, weeks away to Florence. The Swans are going to win. The Swans get home. Speaking of, overnight, the Swans kept their slim finals hopes alive, coming from 19 points down to down the dogs and put a dent in their top four aspirations. Buddy Franklin kicked two, an important point in the last quarter, and a massive defensive play. Tom Papley snagged four goals. If you were in any doubt the FIFA Women's World Cup will be a success, 53,000 people attending a pre-tournament friendly should convince you otherwise. Marvel Stadium is a sellout for the Matildas' final hit-out against world number 5 France tonight. The result, of course, is less important than fine-tuning their preparations, as Tony Gustafsson points out. A send-off game before a World Cup is different than any other game. Uh, it's not a normal game because it's all about the opening game against Ireland. This promises to be the most well-attended Women's World Cup ever. Held across Australia and across the ditch in New Zealand, FIFA has upped the prize money to some $165 million. Big money, 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 money. Matilda's defender, Ellie Carpenter, has been through some lean times in football. She says the growth of the sport won't stop now. I've been in that era which I've seen go from zero to 100. Gratefully honoured and I'm a part of this change, but there still is a long way to go. But this is a great first step. Sam Kerr and the Aussies open their campaign against Ireland next Thursday night. Now, if you're listening via Spotify, remember, hit that bell so you don't miss the ep every morning. And that's your fast, fun weekending hit of sport. Catch you next Monday on The Scorecard. Listener.